Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, and welcome back, young Padawans and Jedi Knights in training. This is Rick Thompson. I'm coming to you from the Alliance base. So we're in friendly territory. That's going to go with our message this morning, so you stay tuned in. I hope you're having a great week, putting your complete trust in Jesus, our loving master, who promises that his force will be with us, his force of hope and his force of protection. And today we're going to be highlighting his force of family, the fact that God did not create you to be a lone ranger, but, to, but for you to be a part of a of a family of God. Now, this is our end of uh, summer series, and the title of the series is Star Wars, May His Force Be With Us. May His Force Be With You. And I've got a subtitle of Return of the Jedi, We Are Stronger Together. But as we've been doing, I want to jump into just a few jokes before we jump into the message. First one is, why aren't Wookiees hunted for their meat? Why aren't Wookiees hunted for their meat? Because it tends to be rather chewy. (laughs) You get it? Chewbacca, chewy. Listen, it's just a joke. Don't, Don't send me no hate mail or emails. Uh, This next one, you've got to be a real fan to to even try to figure it out. Why do you call, well, not why, but what do you call a Sith who won't fight? What do you call a Sith who won't fight? A Sithy, of course. (laughs) All right, all right. Let me go on. How did Darth Vader know what Luke Skywalker was going to get for Christmas. He felt his presence, of course. (laughs) All right. Speaking of Luke and presents, when is Luke Skywalker's birthday? May the 4th be with you. (laughs) Come on, that's good. That's good. Okay, that's enough for today. Well, we've been, we've been saying that George Lucas, with this trilogy, appeared to capture lightning in a bottle, so much so that it caught the attention of, of Disney, right? A few years ago, Disney went ahead and bought all of Star Wars, and in fact, we had a little getaway this weekend, and, and guess who we ran, look who we ran into while we were there. I'm not going to lie, it was, at first it was a little unnerving, but when I saw Chewbacca, then I knew we were in good hands. We were in friendly territory. Which brings us to today's message, which the title of, again, is that, that we are stronger together. Well, that's the theme of this message. We are stronger together. And that's what the evil emperor discovered the hard way, or would discover the hard way, as he provoked the, 
the, the now full-fledged Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker in that opening scene. Luke said, if you remember, your overconfidence is your weakness. And the emperor retorted back to him, your faith in your friends is yours. Spoiler alert for those who, few people who might not have jumped into the Star Wars uh, trilogies and watched them. Luke was right and the emperor was wrong. Because as the rebel alliance was consisted of a ragtag group of multiple species from all over the universe, as they got together, listen to me, they delivered a crushing defeat to the evil empire and his plans. Now, some would say we're stronger together. Say it again. We're stronger together. Someone needs to learn that lesson in life because you might be out there, you know, just emotionally on your own or spiritually isolated or even physically. It's easy to just be by yourself these days. And, and because you don't even have a friend to call when you're going through a, a tough time, you, you feel like you're alone out there. You feel like you're getting, you know, the tar beaten out of you, that the circumstances and and the things that are happening in this world is just having your lunch. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus gives this great promise. I love his promise. He said, for those who call themselves his disciples, his followers, his Padawans, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, somebody. Amen? Now, whenever I touch on this subject, I can't help but remember, you know, the, the time in my life when we were young, me and my brothers, we were living in New York off Vanilla Street, and, um, and we happened to live next door to a fellow by the name of Philemon who was a bit of a bully. Um, and he was huge. And it's one thing to be a bully and be about our same size, but he was huge. I mean, he, he, I mean, and he took advantage of his size all the time. We'd be out there playing and it wouldn't be five minutes before it escalated into a fight. And he'd be swinging and one of us would be going home crying. Well, this happened a couple of times too many to the liking of my mother. And she decided to call us all over. And she said, come here. And she, was, she seemed a little perturbed and upset one day. She called all three of us over. And this is what she said. She said, there are three of you and only one of him. Figure it out. Well, you know, when, when you're under 10 years old, and you don't think like that, you, you, I, you just kind of looked at her like, what are you talking about? And because she, she wasn't seeing that we were connecting the dots, she decided to spell it out. She says, the next time he picks on one of you, he picks on all of you. Do you understand? Young Padawans. <laughs> and, and then finally the light bulb went off. Yeah, we, we got it. And it wouldn't take long. I, I don't even know if it was. It might have been the same day or the next day we were out there playing, and he decided to come out like the evil emperor he felt like he was. <laughs> and as far as he was concerned, this was his world, and, and we were just in it, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, for his amusement. And he decided to go after, I can't remember if it was my younger brother or my older brother, and Something different happened this time because instead of one of us having to deal with him, when he went after one of us, we all kicked in. 
And my brother, my younger brother, tucked his head down. My older brother stood there toe-to-toe. -to -toe, and I was doing that shadow thing. He was getting hit from all sides, all sides. And I'm telling you, it did not take long for him to figure out uh, he stepped into it. And you all know what it is. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And, 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 and he threw up his hands. I think he had a bloody nose, and he was really upset, and, and then he ran home. And do you know that was the last time we had a problem with Philemon? And, and, and the lesson that my mama taught us that day has stuck with us all through life. We were stronger together than we were individually, folks. What we didn't have enough strength to do individually together was not a problem. And that's the philosophy that we live with. We live with that through elementary school, through middle school, through high school. You mess with one of us, you're going to mess with all three of us. This didn't happen often because no one wanted to mess with all of us. And my brother, my older brother, not going to lie, he had a reputation for being just a little bit crazy when he got angry. You know those people that have this click temper? And nobody wanted to deal with someone with a click temper. It kind of reminded me of old, that old Peanuts cartoon uh, characters of Lucy. It says there's an incident where Lucy walks, in, walks into the room and she demands that her brother Linus change the TV channels. And Linus, he objects. He says, what, what makes you think that you could just come right up in here and take over? <laughs> and Lucy raises her five fingers, and she said, these five fingers. She says, individually, they're nothing, but, but when I curl them together like this into a single unit, they become a force that can be reckoned with. <laughs> what channel do you want to change it to? Sideliners, turning away. And then he looks at his own hands, and he says, well, why can't you guys get organized like that? Folks, I'm talking about the power of teamwork. And I read somewhere in the Bible where, where it, it, it agrees with that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, but a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Did you hear that? Two can stand back to back and conquer, and three are even better, and a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's one that we often use in weddings, by the way. And just on a side note, you know, that third cord is the Holy Spirit in your life and in your marriage. And if you're listening to me today and, and you're having marital issues, could I suggest to you that you open your relationship up to the, the guidance and the leading of God's Holy Spirit and his word. Marriage indeed was God's idea. And that third chord might be exactly what you need in order to stay connected. Now, why is the concept of us being in a battle and needing each other important? Well, 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us why. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. What does it say? 
looking for someone to devour. I want you to take note of what that says. Again, he identifies who our enemy is. He calls him the devil or Satan, and he tells, him, tells us what he's doing. He's looking for someone. He's looking for someone. And, and, and it refers to him as a lion. Now, when lions hunt, they're looking to find an animal that's been separated from the pack because it's easier to go after one than it is to go after many. Come on, somebody. That's what, that's what this buffalo found out in this next clip. I want you to take a look at this. Now there's a coming back. I don't care. Oh. Ah, that one is the heat, don't care. Oh, just eating that buffalo. Oh. Ah. Oh. Someone say we're stronger together. Say it again. We're stronger together. Now, I found that, that to be true not just in battle, but with books as well. And some of you may not know that before I went into full-time ministry, I was a nurse, a psychiatric nurse. It was a very difficult program to be in, one that had a high failure and dropout rate as you had to learn and memorize anatomy and physiology and pharmacology and administration and, and, uh, uh, and all the adverse reactions of the medications and all these other things you have to learn. There's a lot to learn. And, and not a whole lot of room for error as you, you know, you don't want to kill anybody when you're trying to help them or injure them. And so, and so it was a strict program that we, that we had to learn. And what we quickly found out in that class was those who were lone rangers or lone wolves in the class, they were dropping like flies in, in terms of dropping out of the program. Matter of fact, they told us at the beginning of the class, half of you will not be here at the end of the class. And everybody said, ah, well, I'm not going to be part of that half. It won't be me, not me, not me. And sure enough, as, as, a, as the class went on and tests were taken and people were failing and, and life hit them, there was many people who dropped out of that class. And so early on, what we did, there's a group of us that decided we're going to form a, a study group, and, and one that was going to meet together weekly or as needed, and we're going to challenge each other in the material that we needed to learn. We're going to sharpen one another. We're going to encourage one another, and, and we're going to help, help uh, learn the material. And when the test came, we passed the test, and we just went on. Now, you need to know that when it was time for graduating, everyone that was in our group was th that was there at the beginning was also there at the end. A powerful, powerful lesson that I learned 
in that class. We are stronger together. We are stronger together. And so what's true of battles and books, you need to know this, it's also true of the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14, this is what it says. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says I am not part of the body because I'm only an ear and not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? Verse 17, suppose the whole body were an eye, then how would you hear? Or if your whole body were just one big ear, how would you smell anything? But God made our bodies with many parts, and he has put each part just where he wants it. What a strange thing a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts that seem weakest and least important, what does it say? Are really the most necessary. Listen, turn to someone right now and say, you're necessary. And if you're by yourself, I want you to say, me too. I'm necessary too. I matter. Now, this is an important message in light of what's happening in the world today. Did you know that studies show that four out of 10 people experience feelings of intense loneliness? Four out of 10 people. And that was before COVID. That was before the whole world went on lockdown and everyone went on social distancing. And there are people who have not even, for months, have not even come out of their, come out of their house. So what do you think that number is now, considering there's close to 9 billion people on the planet? And so I'm here to remind you that wherever you are, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing, whether you're with a family or you're all alone in your home, you are necessary. And God's got a place for you in his family called the body of Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. I like how the New Century Version says it. It says, now you who are not, not Jewish are not foreigners or strangers any longer, but you are citizens together with God's holy people. Help me out, someone. You belong to God's family. So just like the body would, would have a hard time getting around without its feet, eating without its hands, speaking without its mouth, listening without its ears, thinking without its mind, breathing without its nose or lungs, the Bible makes it clear that each of us hold a necessary place in the family of God. Amen? Matter of fact, whenever I make a point that you agree with, I want you to say amen and add it to the comments. Amen? And, and, and rather than working against each other, we need to figure out a way to understand the truth 
of what the word of God says. We are stronger together. We are stronger together. Amen? Now, the Bible further drives this point home in that biblical story called the Tower of Babel. Now, it makes a point. It's a negative story where God had to intervene because of the disobedience of the men of the time, but it also reveals a powerful truth. I want, to, I want you to, I want to see if you could figure out what that truth is. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. At one time, the whole world spoke a single language and used the same words as the people migrated eastward. They found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began to talk about con construction projects. Come, they said, let's make great piles of burnt brick and collect natural asphalt to use as mortar. Let's build a great city with a tower that reaches to the skies, a monument to our greatness. And this will bring us together and keep us from scattering all over the world. Verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. Verse 6. Look, he said, if they could accomplish this when they have just begun to take advantage of their common language and political unity, just think of what they will do later. Nothing will be impossible for them. Now, again, you can go ahead and read the rest of the story when you get a chance. But someone might say, oh, Pastor Rick, I don't get it. Isn't that the point? Everyone coming together uh, as one, like a, like, a, like a new world, one world order. And part of it's true in terms of the unity, but it's not true in terms of what you're uniting under. Come, come on, somebody. Because the point is, if we're going to unite, we need to unite under the, the banner of obedience to the Lord. Amen? In that same chapter, we're told, or they were told, to go into all the world, to be fruitful and to multiply. And, and, and that was how they were going to glorify God at that time. But instead, they decided that they were going to congregate and, and, and build a tower and a tribute a monument to their own greatness. Do you see the problem here? God said to do one thing, and they decided to do something else. And so God confused their languages, which forced them to scatter all over the, the globe, fulfilling God's plan. But with that, the truth is just as the Father perceived it. Now listen, if they work together, he said, nothing will be impossible for them. Oh my goodness, that just went off in my spirit. If they work together, nothing will be impossible for them. Listen, we just got to make sure that the thing that we're uniting under is a God thing. Now, can I just say this? Not every good thing is a God thing. Not every thing that, you know, catches your attention is something that God is involved with. And you gotta pass Rick, I don't know, I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, listen, the Tower of Babel is proof positive that it's possible to unite around causes that God does not support, or, or worse, he opposes. 
It's in the Bible. It seemed like a good thing for them to do, but it wasn't something that God wanted. We've got modern day examples of that. How, how about the KKK? There are a whole bunch of people who want to get involved with that, but that's not a God thing. How about Planned Parenthood? Come on, somebody. A whole lot of people. People wearing pink hats, marching on Washington, united. But that's not a God thing. How about, we talked about this last week, evolution. The world is drinking from that cup of Kool-Aid, but that ain't a God thing. How about multiple genders? When the Bible says there's only two, male and female. And so the whole world is getting behind this gender fluidity that you can choose your gender nonsense, but it ain't a God thing. And let me tell you what else is in the God thing. BLM is not a God thing. Read their platform. And so it's a cause that everyone's getting caught up in. I'm not talking about black lives, because of course black lives matter. I'm black, okay? Many of the people in my family, come on. I'm talking about the, the Marxist organization, Black Lives Matter. Not a God thing. And so check it out before you just jump into something that's not God. Amen? So what should we be uniting behind? What should we as, a, as the family of God be getting behind? And I've come up with a couple, three things. First of all, we should have unity in the church. Write that down. Unity in the church. Ephesians 4, 3 through 6. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who's over all and in all and living through all. Now listen to me. If God is your father, I don't care what race you are, what socioeconomic background you come from, what side of the tracks you were born on. If God is your father and Jesus is your savior, you are my brother you are my sister. We are family in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen? Don't let anything or anyone or any movement take you off of what God says in his word. Jesus died for all lives. Now, the funny thing is, I've been preaching that for over 20 years. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Whoever believes in him shall, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Who did, who did God give his son for? Everybody. And so I make a declaration that Jesus died for all lives, therefore all lives, therefore all lives matter. And only in this crazy mixed up back, you know, <laughs> you know, mixed up you know, world should anyone find a problem with that. But they're finding a problem with that, which is just strange. And so you better be careful what banner you are, you know, what banner of unity you are under, okay? Because saying that Jesus died for all lives 
shouldn't offend a Christian. Shouldn't. Or a Christ follower. Amen? And so we're called to, to be united as, as, as a church. We are stronger together. Now, Psalms 133, 133, 1 says, you can read it with me, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together. Help me out, somebody. In unity. In unity. And as we live together in unity, we come together under his Holy Spirit. We come together under his word. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Psalms 133.1. Matter of fact, I'm giving you that as your assignment to memorize. Psalms 133.1. Secondly, we should be united in vision and purpose. Listen to what Jesus, our master, prayed for his followers in John chapter 17, verse 14. He says, I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they, because they do not belong to the world. Just as I do not belong to the world, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will, help me someone, all be one. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And so what did he pray? He prayed that they would become one. Now, why did he pray that? He prayed it for two reasons. He tells us in the scriptures, a house divided cannot stand. We are indeed stronger together. No one, no one of us is stronger than all of us. No one of us is smarter than all of us. No one of us has more resources than all of us. We are stronger together. The force of family is strongest when we're united in the church, united in purpose, and united in vision. But the second reason is also so that the world could stand up and take notice of what's going on in the body of Christ, which brings us to, to, the, to the last one. We need to be united in love. United in love. In John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples, that you are my Padawans, that you belong to me. Now, if that don't say it all, I don't know what does. It's not how many likes you get on your Instagram or your Snapchat or your Facebook page. It's not how much of the Bible you can quote 
although reading the Bible is a good thing. It's not how many people you can shame into seeing your point of view or or, uh, unless they see your point of view, you're going to cancel them. It's not the number of bumper stickers you have on your car. It's not even how many Christian T-shirts you wear or how much Christian songs you have in your, in your music on your phone. Jesus, our master, made it very clear. The thing that's going to distinguish us from the world, listen to me, It's how we treat one another. It's our love for each other. Let me give you, rather than, you know, throwing out those stupid hashtags that under under unity with things that go against what the Bible says, let me give you one. How about this one? Hashtag love trumps hate. Love trumps hate. Amen? The Bible says that we're supposed to be praying for our leaders. Not trashing them every chance you get. Talking to someone out there. God's force is there to help us function as a family that need each other. But we have to be willing to walk in unity as a church. And we have to be willing to come under his plans and his visions for our lives and for each other. And if we don't know what that is, take time to read your Bible. It's the instruction manual. As a matter of fact, someone said it, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving the earth. I like that. Take time to read the basic instructions before leaving earth. The earth. We spend way more time on Netflix and Hulu and, and, and Instagram, and we spend way more time doing those things when we should be spending more time reading God's words. Amen? Getting quiet in here. <laughs> it is quiet in here. <laughs> Listen, lastly, if God is your father, then You are my brother and my sister. And if you can't handle being around people who look different than you or a different background than you are, I've always said it to my church, which is racially diverse. But if you're going to have a hard time with people that don't look like you, you're not going to like heaven. You're not. Because the Bible says, there's going to be people from every tribe, nation, and people. And clearly, when God created man, he, it's evident of the fact that he loves variety. He made each and every one of us the way he wanted us to look. We've been uniquely uh, created to be ourselves, and he didn't make any mistakes. So listen to me. No one should apologize to anyone for their race. Why would you apologize for what, how God made you? Makes no sense. It's who God made you and it's how he made you. Do not apologize. And no one is better than anyone else as far as God is concerned, as far as 
Christ is concerned, the moment you accept Jesus Christ, the scripture says there's neither male nor female nor Jew nor Gentile. Listen, slave nor free, we are all one in the body of Christ. And we all belong to one family, the family of God. And listen to me, we are stronger together. You're necessary. And you may not be able to do what someone else is doing, but that doesn't make you any less necessary. God's got a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. Part of the, part of the winning strategy of the alliance was that they came together to defeat the evil emperor. And it played out just the way Luke said at the beginning. Your, he says, your arrogance is going to be your downfall. In other words, your pride is going to be your downfall. And he paid the price for his pride. And the victory came. He says, well, your dependence on your friends is going to be yours. No, it was their friendship that caused them to win the battle. We are stronger together. And when we get together... In Christ, just like the Bible says, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen? But let me just tell you something. It all begins as you submit to the love of your soul, as you submit to the great master. His name is Jesus Christ. And he bids us all to come to him and to recognize that he is our savior and he is the sacrificial lamb that laid down his life for the sheep. And he made that declaration. He says, I'm going to sacrifice myself for them. And, he, and the Bible says, there is no greater love than, than one lays down his life for the sheep. But then he turned around and he told us, he says, but, but I want you to know that as you belong to me, I, I'm praying that you become one. I'm praying that you all become one in me. And that starts when you submit yourself to him. And so if you're here today and you're listening wherever you're at, the Holy Spirit's been drawing you in. The Bible says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. And if that's you today, right wherever you're at, I want you to Bow your heads and close your eyes and submit to the love of your soul, the one who gave it all up for you. Say something like this. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today and I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you, Lord, that you've given me the victory, that you've called me to be a part of a family and that your promise to me is that you will never leave me nor forsake me. And so, Father, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. From this day forward, I surrender all to you. I join the alliance of your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love 
to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.